Two Geeks, Two Beers, and a Laptop. Episode 22, Sega Mega Drive, or Genesis. Welcome back to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers, and a Laptop with me, Morgan, and Tom. Hello. Hello. Well, uh, as teased at the end of our Power Rangers episode, uh, this instalment is uh, another gaming-themed mm. episode. Our second all one. About, our second one, all about uh, the Sega Mega Drive, or as it was known in America, the Genesis. On Earth, a scientist creates the ultimate machine. At last! A machine that will give him the power to journey into the mega world with thousands of colors, 16-bit graphic technology, and 10-channel mega stereo sound. The most advanced video game system in the universe. Yes! Mega Drive from Sega. Uh, it was a games console. My first ever games console. Same. They ever owned. Really? Yeah. You're yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Although mine actually belonged to my older brother. <laughs> He's listening. I know it was yours. It's quite late in the um, day that I had this. Well, it was it was Sega's <laughs> third console um, after the SG One Thousand. I've never heard never of that. Never heard of that. Um, and the Sega Master System, which I, I have heard of that. I had, yeah. <laughs> I had some more affluent friends who who owned a Master System. Yeah. Um, so the Mega Drive was released in Japan. In 1988 and in Europe in 1990. Uh, I remember having it from quite a young age, it was six or seven, so I'm guessing I must have got it sort of like 92, 93. Yeah, but I think I was much later. I think I had mine in like 96, 97 <laughs> when PlayStation was out. I was like, that was, that was when I always do seem to be, um, I, I get a console whenever the next console's out. Yeah. So I, I, get, I get a PlayStation 1 whenever PlayStation 2's out and so on and so on. I'm always, yeah. I'm always a step behind. And so for, for this Mega Drive episode, yeah. right. I'm really sorry. <laughs> if you're a regular Two Geeks listener, you may be aware of the uh, odd and tangential links between uh, the beers we're drinking and the, the, the theme of the episode. Uh, Tom got this one. I'm sure it's very nice. Um, uh, smooth Scottish beer with hints yeah. of toffee, vanilla and oak. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Uh, Innocent Gun original because, Tom? Um... Well, in some, a lot of games, especially on the Mega Drive, you, yeah. you use a gun. In some games, you use a gun. Yeah. Uh, and Innis is Latin for hedgehog. It's not. It's not. Let's drink. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Mm, that, is, that is sweet. Mm, interesting. Mm. <laughs> so, um, for all the kids listening, uh, <laughs> on the Mega Drive, games <laughs> came on cartridges, yeah. cartridges yeah. which you would insert into the console. Uh, around 900 games were produced for the Mega Drive, right. um, and obviously there's not enough time to go through all of them. Um, <laughs> that would take forever. So in this episode of Two Geeks, uh, I'm going to be kind of like uh, recollecting about some of my favourite games, right. and Tom will be chipping in yeah. as well, as and when yeah. he would like. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, we, we could and we may well do individual episodes in future on certain of these games, but this is kind of like a, a beginner's guide yeah. to the Mega Drive. Yeah. What the obvious place to start? Sonic? Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. of course. 
console actually came with Sonic. It was like in a, a, a in-pack uh, game. Um, See, for me, I know I've never experienced a Mario game in my life. Never played Mario? No, I've never had any Nintendo system, mm. and thus I never seem to have any friends who had <laughs> I, <don't>, <laughs> I never seem <laughs> to have any friends. Mario. <laughs> so for me, it was all about Sonic, mm. and he was just a much more interesting... I, I, yeah, I had a few friends who had, you know, the SNES and that kind of mm. thing. But Mario was first, Sonic came after, yeah, yeah. and so almost by definition for me, Sonic was better because they <laughs> Sega invented Sonic as a rival to Mario, and they went right, what's that doing? And yeah. how can we do it better? Yeah. So it was literally the same game, <laughs> but like faster and more friendly. Yeah, yeah. So so automatically better. So the first Sonic the Hedgehog game was released in 1991. So turns 25 uh, this oh, wow. this year, this month as yeah. we record it yeah. uh, in in June 2016. Um, it was a side-scrolling platform game, mm. and I'm sure everyone knows what Sonic the Hedgehog is, yeah. but you play as Sonic, who is a blue hedgehog mm. with the power of super speed for yeah. some reason, um, who fights Dr. Robotnik, uh, an evil scientist who keeps animals imprisoned in robot suits for reasons that aren't readily clear. Um, Sadly, unlike Mario, though, yeah. Sonic's just lost it. Like, oh. his first two or three games yeah. were brilliant, yeah. and they tried desperately to keep uh, That's true. New ones. That's true. And Mario is still a very popular yeah, franchise. They know Sonic is known as a duff brand now because mm. every game they've tried to release, they should just release a new one like the original. Do a remake. People would love that mm. style, just updated graphics. We'll, we'll get on to, to the sort of the, the future um, of the Sonic franchise. Mm. So in the game, you collect gold rings uh, to boost your health and to gain points. Uh, you jump on your enemies' heads <laughs> to attack them uh, and to free the cute animals from their robot shells. That's simple but fun. Not simple enough no. for uh, one woman who appeared on you know, Games Master. Yeah. The Games Master, the Channel 4 gaming yeah, theme show. Yeah, I remember you saying. <laughs> so, so there was a segment where uh, the Games Master, you could ask him questions. And Games Master, was, yeah. how am I supposed to beat uh, Dr. Robotnik? Exactly, it was that kind of thing. Patrick Moore. Yeah, exactly. But in this episode, the woman was like, I'm on the first level of Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> and every time I try to uh, to uh, collect the animals, they hurt me. What am I doing collect wrong? The animals. Patrick Moore was not impressed. Oh. He was not impressed. He was like, "No, you're not. You're supposed to jump on their head. Like it's literally the first thing you do." She could not have played that game for more than like. She even was able to use the phone to call up. <laughs> so, uh, Sonic, easily uh, Sega's biggest, most popular. Uh, series. Yeah. Um, Sega. Sega. That was the most exciting yeah, noise as a kid. Hearing that, that booting yeah. up. So two years later, in 1992, you had uh, Sonic 2. Mm. Arguably even better, I think, for mm. my for my money. It's more colourful, more complex. Introduce a sidekick for Sonic. Tails. Uh, Tails, a quick-footed yeah. fox. <laughs> Real name? Do you know? No. Miles Prower. <laughs> yeah, Miles Prower. Miles Tails oh. Prower. How did it take you that long to get that? I You're as bad they, as the Games Master woman. I thought they just gave him a name. Yeah. I was like, Miles Prower. Miles. <laughs> just a regular yeah. name. Nice. Um, so in Sonic 2, there was a two-player aspect. Um, so you could race against each other in a special level, yeah. or you could just uh, play collaboratively in the main game. Um, 14 more Sonic games uh, released since then. On, on and that's just on the console. They've been you know handheld and, and so on. Um, but the sixth game, which was Sonic 3D Blast, oh. that was the last one to be released for the Mega Drive. And it, because it, 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 it tried to move with time and have 3D animation, but I think part of the charm of Sonic was that 2D side scrolling yeah. yeah. platform. It doesn't work when it's in like no. a first, not first person. No, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Um, well, Sonic Lost World was the most recent Sonic console game uh, in 2013. Released to, uh, I know your favourite, the Wii U. You oh. love, you bloody love the Wii U, don't yeah. you? Mate? Um, as well as on the 3DS and PC. 
So when you see grown adults just playing like on the Wii U, it's like, oh, you know, you do know the PlayStation 4 is out here. Uncharted 4 exists. Yeah. You do know, like people that play, I've said it before, mm. people that play like, Angry Birds and stuff and taking it really seriously, mm. those civilizations. It's fine, it's fine to, to do it for fun, but when, when you play like, was it Age of War, Game yeah, of War? Yeah, and you're spending money on it yeah. to just get new patches. Swiss. It's like, you know, there are proper games out there, right? Cool. You're not a snob at all, mate. No. Second up on my, on my list of favourite games. Now, this was actually the original uh, sort of pack-in title for the Mega Drive. It came with your Mega Drive right. when you bought it instead. But again, then got later replaced by Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, this was Altered Beast. Do you know anything oh, about this? Yeah. Altered yeah. Beast? It was, um, don't they like fart and shit? Or was that another one? <laughs> Something completely different. Don't they, don't, isn't it a fighting game? Yeah. And I thought they like would like throw up and... like. Fart gas at their opponents and stuff. Am I thinking of another game? I think you're thinking of something, yeah, something okay. completely yeah. different. So I, I, I want to know what that game is. <laughs> no, in this game, you play a centurion in ancient Greece who died and was resurrected by Zeus. What am uh, I thinking of? To rescue... <laughs> God knows. <laughs> Zeus knows. Um, to rec- you, rescue, you have to rescue Zeus's daughter uh, from the clutches of a demon god. Yeah. And one of the reasons I, I loved uh, Altered Beast, me and my best mate used to love it, was because the op- there's a dramatic opening sequence uh, where you're resurrected by Zeus, and he's supposed to he's supposed to say, "Rise from your grave," and it's supposed to be really dramatic. But because of the limited sort of like, sound quality, it sounds more like, "Why from your grave?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have a little little blast of that. Rise from your grave. Right. There's something beautiful about. That music, that sort of music mm. in those sort of games. Well, we'll get onto that uh, actually in the Streets of Rage right, segment. Spoiler: okay. Streets of Rage is coming up, and yeah. But also, just I just remember like renting a game from Blockbuster or something, taking mm. it home. That first moment you put it in, it's mm. just exciting. It's your game mm. for the next like couple of days. Mm. So, did you, did you notice there? He he collects like a power orb, a blue power orb, that like, right. and he powers up. Yeah. So there were five levels to Altered Beast, and by collecting three power up orbs in each level, you could transform into a different beast. Uh, to fight the undead horns. Right. So there was a were dragon, a were bear, <laughs> a were bear, a were tiger, uh, and two different types of werewolf, each with their own uh, powers. And actually, on the Nintendo, on the NES, uh, there were different beast modes. Um, so you could be a were lion or a were shark. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I found this on, on Wikipedia. You know, like beast mode, like the, the phrase beast mode yeah. has that song beast mode. And it says the mean beast mode is probably derived from this video game. No citation, just going, <laughs> probably, probably more. Just went rogue, probably, yeah. probably more a beast, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> but then I, I sort of I looked into this. I was like, really? And I looked into it, and someone else was like, no, nah, it's from Transformers: Beast Wars. Gonna go out on a limb, say neither. Those are nah. true. Don't believe it. Don't nah. believe it. Um, you wouldn't get marks in your uh, dissertation. What's the origin of beast mode? Mm. Um, now, interestingly, a little twist on the arcade version of Altered Beast, not the console version, the original arcade version. Uh, the game ends with shots uh, appearing to reveal that the entirety of uh, the game was really just a movie production. Uh, as you can see here, we'll put some of these pictures on the website, but um, you can see there's just like a little clapperboard and uh, images of everyone just having a beer and having a lovely What's time. That so it basically it was like a twist at the end that the whole game was actually just a, just a movie. What's that? <laughs> they just, you know, they throw a twist ending in there. Hilarious. Now despite its popularity, uh, there was never a sequel to Altered Beast. Uh, there was a game released on PS2 in 2005, um, but it was set in the present day, 
and had a completely different storyline, but it was called Auto Beast. It had nothing to do with Auto Beast. Oh. I remember I was really excited. I was like, New Auto Beast. I thought it would be like, you know, like a. They do those, those games sometimes that are basically the exact same game, yeah. but with new graphics. Yeah. I was really excited. Nothing to do with it at all. Um, Should be allowed. But the. So the lead designer on the original Auto Beast was a guy called uh, Makoto Uchida, who also worked on the next game uh, on the list, which is Golden Axe. You play, play Golden Axe. Although I think I might have played Golden Axe on the, um, what was the one that came after? Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn. Yeah, I think yeah. I played it on that, didn't mm. I? So um, it was like a fantasy beat em up, sort of Conan the Barbarian, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, that kind of vibe. Uh, lots of muscular types with amazing names, very little clothing. <laughs> um, with dragons and uh, skeleton warriors. And it's set in the fictional land of Uria. 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 Um, where an evil entity known as the Death Adder has captured the king and his daughter and is threatening to destroy the Golden Axe, the kingdom's magical emblem. And you can play as one of three characters. Do you remember the three characters? No. So there's uh, my favourite, the dwarf, Gilius Thunderhead. Because uh, he because he had he had the well, golden no. he wel- he welded? He he, he might have welded it. He, he wielded the golden axe. Um, so he, he, he could jump and chop people. It was, he was awesome. In these days of tape T- turning uh, video games into movies. Mm. This is crying out. Well, when you know Game of Thrones is at its kind exactly. of high popularity, why not? Yeah. Uh, the other character is a male barbarian, weirdly called Axe Battler. Even though he didn't use an axe, he used, <laughs> he used a, a, a broadsword. Um, uh, yeah, for some reason, they thought that was a good idea. Um, and then the Amazon, Tyrus Flair. And on your journey, I thought you had amazing names. <laughs> on your journey, you collect magic potions from these little like sprites with with sacks. And I remember you have to sort of like chase them and kick them up the arse. That's how you get it. And you kick them and you go, beep beep. But you're and, and, and then you get little, you just run around and kick them up the arse and you get the, you get the potions. Um, the more potions you get, the more powerful your magic becomes. Tyrus had the coolest magic, because she had fire magic, um, and at full power she could summon a, a giant dragon down. Remember this? The giant dragon would like descend and toast everyone's ass. Amazing. It really went for it back then. Yeah. So once you reach uh, Death Adder's castle and defeat him, you must then uh, face a surprise final boss, his dad, Deathbringer. He like comes home and he's like, what's going on? His dad. Oh my god, it's Deathbringer. <laughs> and he's even more of a double R bastard than Death Adder. Um, well, one thing I remember from the Golden Axe games were the death noises. Did you remember this? No. Because it was, they were like really intense. So when you died, you went, oh! And it was like, Jesus Christ. That sounds like, uh, what's his name from Power Rangers? <laughs> It was Dragonsaurus. Dragonsaur. Yeah, Dragonsaurus. But no, they were actually uh, sampled from uh, Conan, the movie. <laughs> what, Arnie? Uh, <laughs> they're like baddies dying in Conan. And also the first Rambo movie, First Blood. They like oh. took the sounds. And there's a YouTube uh, video where they c- kind of compare the two. And you can see huh. they, they really are. That's where they got them from. There you go. So it led to four sequels uh, and three spin-offs, uh, Golden Axe. Most recently, I had no idea it was still going, Golden Axe Beast Rider, uh, <laughs> released to the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 in 2008. Wow. Yeah. 
So next up on my list now, this is a slightly different game. Uh, Megalomania. No, remember this? It. No. Uh, rather more excitingly known as Tyrants Fight Through Time. Why in, they call it in that? America? Um, so it had an awesome cover. Uh, one that had absolutely nothing to do with the game. Nothing they did that a lot game. though, didn't they? What's that? It's basically like a ball guy with a kind of exposed cybernetic eye, and it's like, like Professor X gone a bit. Yeah, and he's got played by Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got like energy rays bursting from his head. Nothing to do with the game at all. Um, so the game uh, is uh, a strategy game with nine levels, but just incredibly kind of immersive and addictive. Um, it's what's called a god simulator, um, and you play. One of four characters, uh, the fiery and aggressive demi-goddess Scarlet, the ruthless King Oberon, uh, the mafia godfather Caesar, and, and the deadly mercenary Madcap. <laughs> now, whoever you play as, you have to face off against uh, the other three characters, and each of you is controlling a tribe on this planet, and you have to oversee the development of your tribe across like, billions of years, from like the Stone Age to the Nuclear Age, all the way up to like the Space Age. Right. Um, it sounds very complicated. It was very, like, do you know what, it, was, it was really involved for a Mega Drive game, and your goal is to uh, lead your people to conquer the entire uh, map. Right. And you do that by ordering your followers to uh, develop weapons and then send them out to destroy uh, the enemy bases. Um, and you can also form uh, temporary alliances with your opponents. Sometimes they offer, sometimes you do. But once there's only two of you left, the alliance obviously ends because you have to destroy everyone to win the level. See. So Back then, especially games were aimed at kids, right? This was not like because this was this was, was it, this was involved. This. this was involved. I suppose you were playing it. <laughs> I was playing it, but like it was, I mainly watched my brother play it. <laughs> if I'm honest, that was um, and he was six years older than me. Mm. Um, but one of the main things I remember about Megalomania, apart from how complex it was, mm. uh, was the the soundscape because they had the music and the, the incredible voice acting. So you had Oberon, who um, was quite posh and camp. So if you asked him to form an alliance. And uh, he would say no. He'd say, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> really weirdly camp for no yeah. reason. And, uh, or, or, or Caesar. If he accepted your alliance, he'd say, uh, Sissy, why not? Huh? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I love those I love those voices. <laughs> uh, so as you progress through the game, uh, time passes and your race evolves. So they start out fighting with like catapults and swords, but by the end you've got like jet planes and nukes, and then eventually you have like uh, spacecraft and you're, sh- you're shooting lasers and so oh, yeah. on. Um, Do you think it's one of those games where it felt really epic at the time? If you play it now, you'd probably finish it in an afternoon. No, no. Like, no seriously, this game, mm-hmm. this game was 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 intense. I think it's probably <laughs> one of the most involved games on the Mega Drive because something like Sonic, like back then, you didn't really like save in the same. You could save, but you didn't really mm-hmm. save in the same way you do no. now. So even though Sonic, there's probably actually like only like an hour of gameplay. Yeah. You you could you play it for months because it would. Yeah. You know, whereas this, I think, actually had like it was it was. Intense. The GTA of its day. Yeah. <laughs> and the game got progressively more complicated because at first you just need to design the weapons, but then as you progress, you need to mine the raw materials to manufacture the weapons. Uh, you need to use factories to, to manufacture the weapons. So it was incredibly nerdy, but it, like, it was kind of like risk, right. like, you know, you know on, on the Mega Drive. Brilliant if you're, if you're into strategy games. Meanwhile, Tom is just playing uh, Toy Story on the Mega Drive. That was a good game. Good <laughs> game. <laughs> what I could handle. To infinity and beyond. So next up, uh, Road Rash. I did play Road Rash. Yeah. It was so good, like heavy metal soundtrack. Yeah. And, oh, so good. 
Yeah. And I um. Although again, I think I played Road Rash on like the PlayStation. I think I had the PlayStation yeah. version. Yeah. So this this is a game because I played. You can get like these ROM emulators, um, oh. which basically you, you can play uh, recreations of Mega Drive games yeah. on. Uh, on your laptop. Can't play PS3 games on a PS4 because you can do that. Duh. I don't. I don't think it's strictly legal. Mm. But um. Still. But you, you you can play these Mega Drivers. And I played Road Rash a little bit yesterday to kind of get you know get into into uh, you know, get into character. But you know to prepare <laughs> to prepare for this <laughs> episode. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, exactly. To prepare for this episode. Do you know what? It's still really bloody good. <laughs> like the, obviously the graphics are a little bit yeah. dated, but. Like, I was playing it and I was like, my heart was going, I was like, you get really into it. So, I really hope they bring out a new version. Well, so it's, so it's a racing game uh, released in 1991 about illegal street racing, but on motorbikes. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like Fast and the Furious or Biker Boys yeah. <laughs> with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Kid Rock. <laughs> um, and and you have, basically, you just have to win races, you win money, you, you know, buy better and faster bikes, and the races get faster and harder and more dangerous. And that's basically it. You can also use money to uh, repair your bike if you crash, mm. or if you get busted by the cops, which can happen, you can uh, pay pay a fine. But the thing I liked about it was, you had to use like dirty tricks Chains to win, you. exactly. Yeah. So you would like you would, like barge people off the road, you punch uh, the other racers, they had weapons as well, they had like chains and, and bats and stuff, and you could like snatch it off them and beat them. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a, a beat em up crossed with a racing game, and I don't think like, I think I was really like that ever no. since before or since. Yeah. No one's ever really replicated that that formula. So there were uh, two sequels on the Mega Drive, uh, followed by this might be what you're thinking of a fourth game, Road Rash 3D, in 1998 on the PlayStation One. Maybe that's why. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was also Road Rash 64 in 1999 on the N64, unsurprisingly, uh, and Road Rash Jailbreak in 2000, which was again uh, for the PS One. Now, did you ever play Burnout? Yeah. The racing game Burnout. They were yeah. awesome. Um, it's sort of in the noughties on the PS2 and the PS3 and Gamebox, Gamebox, GameCube and Xbox. And at one point, the team behind the Burnout games said they were interested in bringing back Road Rash, but then it never happened. Um, and, they, and he was saying, yeah, that, that, those were the games that inspired, the developer was saying, those were the games that inspired me to make Burnout now. And he's like, yeah, maybe we could do a new twist. Nah, never no. happened. Oh, never happened. Come on. Could have been amazing. But hopefully, one day someone will bring back Road Rash. If not, just play the ROM emulator. Still really good. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up, uh, Flashback. No. Do you, you don't know anything about Flashback? No. Okay, that's interesting. So this was released in 1992. Um, and for, for the time, the, all right, dated a little bit now, the graphics looked amazing for me. <laughs> like, uh, it, just, it was just incredible com- computer animation for a console game. And we'll just watch the opening sequence now. It's quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't that the, fr- uh, the slogan um, I read earlier? Genesis does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was the slogan. Yeah, because they were like, uh, what are you doing playing Nintendo for? You yeah. know the Mega Drive exists yet? <laughs> And it's for games like that. They're right, they're right. Um, so uh, that, that opening sequence was amazing, but in game as well, all the animation was rotoscoped, which means they would film it live action and then draw over like it and animate it. Like Keanu Reeves. Very similar to yeah. that. So it meant that all the movement was very like, kind of fluid oh, and slick. That. And it looked, yeah, so it looked incredible. Very good. So it's kind of science fiction spy plot. Uh, you play Conrad B. Hart. 
Uh, it was a man who awakens uh, in a jungle on the moon Titan with no memory of who he is, uh, but he has a hollow cube which gives him a mission. So it's kind of like Total Recall uh, kind of vibe as well, a little bit, little bit Blade Runner as well. So Conrad uh, discovers that he had previously learned that humanity had been infiltrated by shape-shifting aliens. Uh, he was later captured and his memory erased. Uh, why didn't they kill him? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, uh, I never knew there was a, there was a sequel apparently to Flashback uh, called Fade to Black, uh, released on the PS One in '96. Huh. Uh, and a third game was also planned called Flashback Legends. Uh, it was cancelled when Delphine Software, who was the company who made the first two, uh, went bankrupt. But there was a remake of Flashback uh, released in 2013 on the PS Three and the Xbox 360 and the PC, which why well, I'm surprised you haven't. No, never heard of it. No. But although the graphics were obviously far more advanced, it's actually kind of basically the same in, in the plot. Right. Um, and again, it keeps the same kind of side-scrolling format of the original game. Awesome. Yeah. But the, the original, it's got like decent plot, mm. amazing graphics, great gameplay. I don't know why no one's heard it. It's hugely underrated. I don't know why why no one's uh, heard of it. I was kind of, you know, again, for this for this episode, I was looking at, you know, best of lists, best of best games on the Mega Drive. Do not make any of the lists? Mm. Not no one any of the lists. But at the time, it got great reviews, and apparently in France, I, I, I'm sure this doesn't stand now, but apparently at one point in France, it was the best-selling video game of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is it Why is it not bigger? Why is it not a bigger hit? You'd be huge in France. Yeah. Have you figured out what that, that farting game was yet? No, I tried no. to really find it. No. I think I just might have dreamt it. If anyone knows what Tom's weird farting it's game that he that thought was all beast was, email us at uh, two geeks, what was it? Podcast, Podcast. at twogeekstwobeers.com or, yeah. or at Twitter, at twogeekscast. Yeah. Please let us know. It's something like... Two massive like Godzilla type creatures fighting each other, and you right. you can puke and fart and stuff. But yeah, not all rubies. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, finally, we're on to I think my favourite Mega Drive game of all time, uh, the best of the franchise, which is uh, Streets of Rage Two. Yeah. Young Bobby Engels has a problem. He needs to earn the respect of his peers. So he gets the special Sega Genesis fighting system. It comes with Streets of Rage 2. He saves $40. He gets more moves. He gets more control. Now things are pretty much okay. I said chocolate chip. Say it. Say it. Sega, Sega! Or, or, or as it's known in Japan, bare knuckle. Furious iron fist. <laughs> so these are what you call beat-em-ups? So these these are beat-em-ups. Right. Um, a beat-em-up is kind of the, these, the, what Streets of Rage is, which is a kind of side-scrolling yeah. fighting game. That's a beat-em-up. Um, a, a game like Street Fighter 2 is just called a fighting game. Fighting. Yeah, those are the different. Because I just loved it, just constant, just beat the crap out of you until you get to the next screen. So yeah. good, so satisfying. It was similar to Golden Axe, but with a contemporary uh, setting. So you play one of three cops, Adam Hunter, Axel Stone and Blaze Fielding. Never knew they were cops. Yeah. Well, they were they were um, cops who had gone rogue uh, to clean up the city that was awash with corruption and criminal scum. Cops with attitude. Cop, cops with attitude. Um, and you could use anything at your disposal: your fists, bottles, baseball bats, anything to get yeah. get justice. So yeah. Now, on the first game, I don't know if you remember this, but you you press if you press the A button on your controller, it calls in like artillery support. And like a, huh? uh, uh, like your, I guess this guy was going to be like your cop mate. He would um, pull up and like shoot a rocket launcher, and it, and it would like deal with all your enemies. Oh. But you could only do it once per level. That's probably why I failed so much. Didn't know you <laughs> you never knew you could do it. I, I definitely knew you could do it because I'd always be furiously hammering the buttons, accidentally Accident. press A. No, and, and, Jeff, no, 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 Jeff, no. And it would, and it would be always be when there were really like yeah. two enemies, and you'd waste it. And it, oh, 
And uh, that was like one of the one flaws in the first Streets of Rage game. In the second game, one of the reasons it's better, they uh, trade that for you press A and do special moves. Um, so the criminal forces in Streets of Rage are led by uh, a gangster called Mr. X. Uh, and one, I don't even remember this, one of the cool things about the first game, so you get you get to the, the final stage, final boss, Mr. X, and he says, oh, do you want to join me, join my criminal syndicate? And if you say no, just fight him, and if you beat him, you win again. If you say yes, you get transported back three levels. And then, no, but wait, then if you fight through those levels again, and then defeat him, you actually become the new crime boss, and it has a really dark twist wow. ending where you become the new head of the crime That's syndicate. That's quite, like, in recent, in recent games where it's all about different choices, you actually get a different mm. type of game. It's yeah. an early version, yeah. Yeah. Um, Streets of Rage was followed by uh, two sequels, uh, Streets of Rage 2 and Streets of Rage 3, as far as there. <laughs> um, there were plans for two further sequels for the Sega Saturn, but Sega uh, pulled the Streets of Rage name during development after a disagreement with the developer about porting into rival formats, apparently. Right. Um, the game was, this is interesting though, they were developing a Streets of Rage 4, uh, which the title got taken away, but they released it as Fighting Force on the PlayStation and N64. So there is technically kind of like an unofficial Streets of Rage 4 out there. Uh, but Streets of Rage 2 is easily the best. So in that, Adam, one of the characters from the first game, is kidnapped uh, by Mr. X as punishment for his sort of part in the, the events of the first game. Yeah. Uh, and Axel and Blaze must rescue him, accompanied by Axel's wrestler pal, Max Thunder, <laughs> and, uh, and Adam's rollerblading kid brother, Eddie, aka Skate. <laughs> you remember this? No. Um, Max was my favourite character because he was just huge and like super, he was slow yeah. and he was super powerful. He kind of looked like The Rock. That's yeah. definitely who we're playing in the movie. Yeah. He's basically like The Rock. Um, one of the reasons I wasn't so keen on Streets Race 3, they swapped out Max for this new character, Dr. Zan, who was like a, an old dude who was like a cyborg with machine arms. Robert. Yeah. First name, Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert. Bring, bring, back, <laughs> bring back Max Thunder. Yeah. Max Thunder! Streets of So, talking about uh, in the previous episode, wikis. The Streets of Rage wiki, uh, Dr. Zan, his bio just reads, Sam was a bizarre character. <laughs> That's what it says. That's what it says. Sam was a bizarre character. Can't do anything. No. Bring back, bring back Max Thunder. <laughs> so, Streets of Rage 2, kind of everything was improved um, from the first game. You had the special moves, the villains were better, you had uh, more colourful, kind of more expansive, a bigger world, more exciting. Uh, and it's kind of like the beat em up to beat. It's kind of like the number one beat em up game. Yeah, because I know a lot of people uh, like Nintendo love the whole Double Dragon games, which are quite similar, mm. I think. But for me, Street of Rage is just so much more. Yeah. Oomph. And I, th I think, you know, I think now uh, Streets of Rage is pretty much held up as one of, particularly Streets of Rage 2, which is one of the greatest games ever made. I can't platform on any console and I, I feel like I'll you know, now if I can get you there port I'm oh yeah you can play you can play a ROM yeah sure. unofficially and um, you know whereas you know Mario and Sonic still they're still kind of fighting it out a little bit I feel like you know who cares about Double Dragon anymore Street, yeah. it's all about Streets of Rage <laughs> Yeah. Now, another awesome thing about Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2, it also has an awesome soundtrack. You were talking about the music earlier. It was so popular that the game's music composer, Yuzo Kashira, was invited to nightclubs <laughs> to play the tracks. Uh, there's a, a review from Games Radar that says, uh, It's blend of swaggering house synths, dirty electro-funk, and trancy electronic textures <laughs> would feel as comfortable in a nightclub uh, as in a video game. Uh, and this is uh, an amazing track uh, from uh, the soundtrack called the Expander.
was like something by the orbital. Yeah. The, orbital, or whatever the, the orbital. The orbital. The orbital. And um, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You missed me uh, tragically on audio. You can't see my amazing Raving. rave dance moves. Yeah. yeah, incredible. So I mean, that that, that is it for the, the you know my my big favourites. Mm. I, I think um, kind of honourable mentions, a few notable omissions as well. Obviously, I haven't talked about uh, Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. It was the '93 original and the sequel were on Mega Drive. Street Fighter II, yeah. Champion Edition, both of those games kind of transformed fighting games, really. Um, but I think those are so big, we'll probably give them individual yeah, episodes at some point in the future. Um, a few other a few other ones, Echo the Dolphin. You yeah, know what I don't remember anything about it, I can't remember the title. Just so, so it was released in 1992, uh, you play Echo, who's a bottlenose dolphin who travels through time to fight aliens. Um, <laughs> it was known for being one of the harder games on the Mega Drive because it was kind of really expansive set in this huge world not very intuitive at all you kind of just had to figure out what the hell you were meant to do but it was a very kind of beautiful game to look at um, and there were three sequels uh, with a fifth game in development for the Dreamcast oh, until that was until that was canned Micro Machines oh, you remember Micro yeah. Machines so good I've always felt like that should have an update like yeah. imagine like an updated Micro Machines where you're just in like various uh, buildings and yeah and well, it was, so it was a racing game but with toy cars so you would you would be racing. Your tracks were like uh, a breakfast table, and you'd be like swerving around cereal, or you'd be on like a, a yeah, an office table like swerving around, you know, pens and, 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 and sharpenings and that kind of thing. Um, sometimes I'll be honest, I'm so desperate for an update. If if I'm in the back of an Uber, yeah. I get the map out, pretend I'm playing micro machines. Just watch the little car, get a little tiny car going around. Great fun. Yeah. Uh, the Revenge of Shinobi. Did you ever play this? Yeah, wasn't that really hard? It was super hard. Yeah. So that was a, a sequel to Shinobi, which was on the Master System. Um, and but it was the first Shinobi game for the Mega Drive. And in these games, you play a ninja who must avenge his master and save his bride from criminal forces by doing somersaults and throwing shuriken. Um, and there were, it was incredibly difficult. But there were twelve games in the uh, Shinobi series. Um, yeah, and the, the, the graphics and the gameplay were were incredible. Uh, the animation was incredible as well. Uh, in particular, this this super awesome opening again. Up there were flashbacks. One of the best Mega Drive game openings. Love the text scrolls and those games. Yeah. To explain it all in one day. In, in 1895, this happened, and now this happened, and that's where you are now. It's always a needlessly complicated backstory yeah. for these actually quite simple games. Um, obviously, that doesn't translate very well to audio, but it's basically the, a close-up of a ninja. And he's like deflecting yeah. ninja stars with his sword, and then that was incredible. Incredible. Um, and a weird bit of trivia about the Revenge of Shinobi. Uh, in one level, you fight Spider-Man. <laughs> was a boss, just a boss in the uh, middle of the game. What Spider-Man's a baddie? Yeah, I, uh, I don't really know why. Can you really start with a baddie? And then... <laughs> um, Toe Jam and Earl? No. Ever, never heard of Toe Jam and Earl? Oh, so basically, uh, it was the adventures of two alien rappers. Oh, they are rappers. They are rappers, yeah, exactly. Um, the alien rappers, though. Right. They travel all over Earth using elevators that transport them through space um, to recover pieces of their spaceship so they can return to their home planet. Bunkertron. <laughs> and it, it was a very funny game. It was kind of loved for, for its sense of humour and its jazzy soundtrack. Um, strike, the Strike games, do you remember these? No. So it was Desert Strike in 1992, which was... I only played like four games. <laughs> so Desert Strike was like a shoot 'em up uh, where you command a helicopter in the Persian Gulf. Uh, it was followed by sort of variations on the theme Jungle Strike 
in 93, Urban Strike in 94, uh, and there are actually two more games not on the Mega Drive, so a Soviet Strike on the Sega Saturn and Nuclear Strike on the PS1 and N64. And then Sam Strike. <laughs> and, then, and then Sam Strike, where you play as the ex EastEnders actor, yeah. uh, desperately trying to find new roles in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and another game, that I, I, James Bond, 007, The Duel. Um, I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big James Bond fan. I've never, I've never actually played this game, but the reason I bring it up is because it's technically... Um, it was released four years after Licence to Kill came out, right. but it's technically the last sort of Bond outing for Timothy Dalton because his um, like image appears in the game. Oh. So it's technically Timothy Dalton Bond's... His, his license. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a bit like how we've talked about this before. Everything or Nothing. Yeah, the James Bond game, game on the PS2. It's a great, great game. game. And actually... Bond Holmes last... Uh, yeah, recorded by Pierce Brosnan after Die Another Day came out. Better than Die Another Day. And it's better than Die... Much better than Die Another Day. But not, it's not just like the fact that Die Another Day wasn't a very good movie and this is a great game. Like, the cast is better. Yeah. Is, I don't know what they're thinking. It's like they got the wrong Willem Dafoe, was it? Willem Dafoe was the yeah. villain in the game. And it's yeah. like, what are you getting in the movie? Shannon Elizabeth was the... Shannon Elizabeth, Heidi Klum. Yeah. Like, like, much higher, yeah. sort of bigger names than were in the movie. Very strange. Everything or nothing. It's a great game. <laughs> Good morning, Q. Ah, 007, we have some new equipment for you. Have you met my new assistant, Miss Nagai? I don't believe I've had the pleasure. And you won't, if I have any say in the matter. Now, pay attention, 007. This is your remote control spider cam. You can use it to scout ahead. A spy disguised as a spider? Frightening. And finally, um, uh, there was an X-Men game in 1993. Um, and I only bring this up because it was called my brother's first exposure to X-Men. He didn't really know anything about X-Men before this. And after playing it, he thought that Jean Grey was a Frenchman called Jean Grey. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... She's got long hair. It's a ponytail. And he argued with me. He argued with me. He's like, Jean, it's Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Couldn't accept it for years. Um, yeah, I'm sure Famke Janssen and Sophie Turner would have something to say about that. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it. So, uh, the Mega Drive was followed by the Sega Saturn yeah. uh, in 1994. Then the Sega Dreamcast <laughs> in, in 1998. Underrated, the Dreamcast. Yeah. That was Sega's final home video console because... Uh, the rise of the PlayStation yeah. just kind of did in yeah. Sega completely. Um, so the first PlayStation was released in 94, which was mm-hmm. a month after the Saturn came out. And then the PlayStation 2 arrived in 2000. But the Dreamcast was already out, but no one cared. Everyone was just no. like, when's the PlayStation yeah. 2 coming out? Sega couldn't compete, so they just decided to stop making hardware and to focus on making games. So I was just reading up on the on the Genesis or the... Mm. Or the, uh, the Mega Drive. So the word Genesis is just... A symbol of lame, really. <laughs> I, I quite like Genesis, the band, but they're not the yeah. coolest band of all time. They're not. And then Terminator Genesis. Terminator Genesis, no. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, um, the, uh, Sega management uh, wanted a stronger name. And after reviewing more than 300 proposals, the company settled on Mega Drive. But in, oh, North, yeah. in North America, the name was just changed to Genesis. Yeah. The reason for this change is not known, but it may have been due to a trademark dispute. So There you go. Known. But there we go. That proves that Mega Drive should be the name. Yeah, they literally yeah. went. Genesis is a bit lame. No. Call it the Mega Drive. No, apparently, it was originally gonna uh, developing. They were developing a console referred to as the Mark Five. It was gonna be called Mark Five for ages, and then they were like, "No, that's incredibly boring. Call it the Mega Drive." But did you know what they did to prolong the life of the Mega Drive? No. Because they kept bringing out these peripherals, these add-ons, mm. which you would plug in. Plug into your console. So you had the Sega CD. Oh, I do which remember was that. A separate 
thing. Yeah. But you had to have the Mega Drive for it to work. Yeah. So you'd shove it on the side like it's mating. So you would put you would so you put CDs in yeah. there instead of cartridges. But the games weren't known. They were trying to do, do the whole that. full motion video and oh. stuff like that, and it just didn't really work. Hey, you still don't have a Sega CD? Huh? What are you waiting for, Nintendo to make one? <laughs> you have seen the games, right? Uh, Wrong uh, answer, man. Show them. <laughs> Want to see more? <laughs> and then they brought out to make it even longer uh, to try and catch up with like other the slow death yeah, of the Mega Drive. It was the Sega 32X, which you, which you put on top of it. So I'll show you a picture. <laughs> Is it, have you got a picture of all of it yeah, together? I'll show you it now. So it looks like that. It what like a what a monstrosity! Life support. It look, <laughs> no, it looks like. You've got a, a Mega Drive, you've then put a CD player next to it, yeah. and then maybe a like... A toilet on top? And then you've put a toilet on top. It looks like a toilet. Yeah. It's just... What a, what a mess so, that is. But for that, for, yeah. I think the 32X, you had to have the CD as well. I might be wrong. Right. But so you had to have all these things, and each one probably cost... And also, much. it doesn't look like they're plugged in. It looks like that, that last bit is just balanced precariously yeah. on top of your Mega Drive. Yeah, very uh, strange. No. But I wanted to mention what I assume is the worst... Genesis game ever made right which was Shaq Fu what's Shaq Fu is it is in Shaquille O'Neal yeah oh, amazing Shaquille O'Neal aka Shaq Shaquille Bounty Hunter enforcer of justice Shrek Shrek it features former professional basketball player Shaquille O'Neal, also known as Shaq, as a playable character. It was met with mixed responses from the critics upon release. That has been considered one of the worst video games of all time. A sequel, Shaq Fu, A Legendary Born, is in development. What? Yeah. You know what? The Shaq. I know he was a great basketball player in that, but he got away with a lot of shit. Yeah, Shaq shit Fu, rapping. terrible rapping. Steel, yeah. the movie Steel. Yeah. He got away with a lot of, like, like everything he did peripherally around <laughs> the basketball yeah. was, was dreadful. He's lucky he was a really good basketball in player. In the game storyline, Shaquille O'Neal in, walks into a dojo while heading to a charity basketball game in Tokyo, Japan. After speaking with Liutsu, a martial arts master, Shaq goes to another dimension, the second world, where he must rescue a young boy named Nizu from the evil evil mummy Set Ra. Well, so, it wouldn't happen now. They wouldn't well, be. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, have like no. Wayne, Wayne Rooney goes goes into a different dimension. It sort of did happen. Do you remember Fifty Cent's video game? Uh, what get rid? Was it, what was it called? Uh, it was called uh, Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. Yeah, but he wasn't like I thought he was just like playing a character. I didn't think he was actually in it as Fifty Cent. Yeah. Taught him who he could trust. And gave him the skills to survive. How you like me now? But far from home, trouble finds him. By a new set of rules to reclaim what's his and escape with his life. 
50 Cent Blood on the Sand This November, everything is on the line It revolves around rapper 50 Cent Game is set in an urban war zone in an unnamed Middle Eastern country where the 50 Cent and G-Unit have been hired to play a rap concert. After the uh, concert promoter, Anwar, is unable to pay them $10 million in cash he promised, he, but relents after being threatened. However, instead of the cash they were promised, he gives them a diamond and pearl encrusted human skull, bearing a striking resemblance to a platinum cast diamond encrusted skull by artist Damien Hirst. Uh, this is promptly stolen by a parliamentary group uh, led by terrorist Kamal. 50 Cent, with the help of a selected G-Unit partner of your choice, decides to get it back at any cost and soon they find out there's a much bigger enemy than Kamal. So they're like shooting fighting shit. terrorists? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, where was it set? Uh, in the Middle East. No! Yeah. You find him in the club, not yeah. in the Middle East. <laughs> not in the Middle East. <laughs> so that was in 2009, so it still happens, but I think uh, that single-handedly sort of ruined his... Oh, there was a... Oh, this is, this is a sequel. To 50 Cent Bulletproof. <laughs> what the hell? The story revolves around protagonist hip hop musician 50 Cent's search for vengeance against the hitmen who uh, attempted to murder him. But that actually happened, you know that? Like he actually yeah. got shot in real life. The game features members of the Gene Unit rap crew as a gang. Dr. Dre plays an arms dealer, what? Eminem plays a corrupt police officer, and DJ Who Kid plays himself as a person selling bootleg music. Oh, uh, of course, DJ Who Kid. Yeah, what is that? Oh, does Shaq Fu teach us nothing? Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to Shaq Fu too. <laughs> right, well that is... Oh, that was surreal. <laughs> that is it uh, for another episode of uh, Two Geeks, Two Beers and a Laptop. Thank you for listening, mm-hmm. uh, as always. Got any suggestions uh, for topics for future episodes, you can email us uh, at podcast at mm. two geeks, two beers.com. And you can recommend beers that we might look at and go, ah, that'll work. For <laughs> that, actually, that actually works, yeah, yeah well done. Um, and you can contact us also on Twitter and Facebook, both at Two Geeks Cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to Two Geeks Two Beers dot com. All our old episodes are there. It's all on iTunes. And on iTunes, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, to to play us out uh, for this episode, uh, this is again another amazing piece of music from Sweets of Rage Two. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the end credits theme. It's really happy and nice. Oh. Um, so until next time, enjoy another Yuzo Kashiro classic. <laughs>